witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Okay. uh, Hey. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? Oh, you know, it's another month. I'm feeling it. It's... It's good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited. Vacation is coming up soon. I have like <laughs> two weeks until I leave and I cannot wait. I'm also going into like year end at work, which is chaotic. So this vacation could not come any sooner, to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> good. I'm glad. It's, I'm so glad for you. It's It's so much needed. Like I was looking at it. I haven't taken vacation time other than like a day here and there for maybe like camping or like instead of a three two-day weekend it's a three-day weekend since september of 2019 wow which is uncommon for me because i don't think we've talked about it a lot on the podcast but i love traveling and i usually take like one big trip a year and i've done that like every year and then covid just really fucked all of that (laughs) yeah so exactly i haven't while yeah i haven't traveled in like I don't know, almost like th- two years now. Has three it been years? since you went to Toronto? Yeah, since we got engaged in Toronto. Oh my god! It was the last vacation we took. <laughs> so that'll shit. be three years on September fourth. So I don't know when this one's coming out. <laughs> this is coming out on the second. Yeah, the second of September. Yeah, so in two days it'll be three years since I've traveled. Fucking hell! <laughs> right. So, fucking hell so you're it's well deserved yeah well deserved. i'm so excited get me on that fucking plane i want to go <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm excited but i think the last time i was on the plane was like march 2019 i feel like that's right yeah bc mm-hmm. yeah your bc yeah. trip i think so yeah, yeah that's fair yeah, this one's fun. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, vacation can't come soon enough, but it's not here yet. So let's focus on what we are doing <laughs> before I get lost in my world of vacation land. La la la. Um. Yeah. So because this is the first episode of Z Month, we are uh, doing a tarot pull. We've decided to focus this week because I love pain and suffering <laughs> on relationships. <laughs> um specifically we've done a three card draw um and of course we're recording remotely so all of the energy in this deck currently is mine yes um so the the first card is what brings us together second card is what is pulling them apart us apart and what is what needs attention is the third Mm -hmm. one yeah yeah so yeah i just love to cause myself torture apparently here so i feel like it's not even together um first card that jumped out was the five of swords upright five of swords upright okay um so the five of swords uh turns up when you have a falling out disagreement or conflict and you are walking away with a sense of sadness and loss you may be upset and resentful over the hated words you said and now wish you could take back um bad blood and a general ickiness hang over you as your relations have turned sour even if you won the argument or came out the apparent victor you realize that you have lost as much as or more than your opponent this battle has cost you trust respect or dignity and isolated you as you try to pick up the pieces and set the conflict behind you you find it's more difficult than you thought others have lost faith in you and are keeping their distance you will need to decide whether your point of view is so important to you that you are willing to put your relationships in jeopardy or if you can compromise and see eye to eye (laughs) the look up you just did at me was the biggest fuck you (laughs) but here's the thing okay So here's the thing. Maybe if you look at it from the general aspect of like, what's bringing us together? You're right. That's not it. But the other meaning of this card is not is can be seen as like, what are the commonalities between Mm -hmm. you and said person? So maybe Mm -hmm. the fact of like being in this like kind of shitty situation, maybe the cards are telling us that you kind of both are feeling this way. You both aren't are you know, know that you're in a conflict and are unsure of what the resolution may be, might be both having bad feelings about it, right? So maybe that's Mm -hmm. just the commonality. So the argument is the commonality, right? The fact that you're both in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Rather rather than it being as bad as maybe you initially (laughs) interpreted it as. (laughs) 
Well, I, so here I am looking at it literally because um, what's driving us apart is the Knight of Cups. Okay, that's fair. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Upright. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I have them switch because the Knight of Cups and the Five of Swords kind of fell out together and they just like, like fell onto the floor mm-hmm. upright. I think maybe you might up- I think you might have them in maybe the reversed order. Yeah. Right? Because I think here's the thing, right? Like the Knight of Cups is always seen as like this like brave knight who like rides in and saves the day. It's also like linked with what? Like beauty, creativity, charm, like it's it's like the romance card of the tarot deck. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The romance card. So I think that should be in your first position. So what's bringing you together? The fact that you love each other. I don't know. This is not a relationship podcast. So I don't want to go like too deep into it, but like <laughs> Um, I could see it as being tearing apart too because it's like we're lacking that romance. Could be. That, right? That you know could what I be mean? it. Right? The fact that maybe it's not being added enough into the uh, mm-hmm. the situation right now. Yeah. I could y- see it like yeah. that as well. Yeah, you're right. Right? Because like the, the Knight of Cups is to, like in touch with his intuition and emotions and uses them masterfully to charm and attract others. And lately I've been begging Mike to take me on a date. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. So it could be right? that. That could be maybe yeah. why you're feeling the way you're feeling as represented by the Five of Swords. Maybe that intensity and- is coming from the lack of the second. Yeah. Right? Okay, so what's the third then? How is this resolved? (laughs) So what needs attention? Yeah, what needs attention? Get the fuck the lovers. You guys. In reverse. Yeah. (laughs) No way. You are so in tune with your tarot deck. It's insane. It's so fucking spooky. (laughs) It's so spooky. It's so spooky. You are so in tune with it. Like, it's just ridiculous. So what is reverse? Self-love disharmony imbalance misalignment of values yeah yep <laughs> crazy that's crazy yeah so that's just what needs attention mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know what you do you go and tell said person that uh the tarot deck has spoken <laughs> clearly my god yeah okay hold on i have i have one idea give me one second i too have a tarot deck and just to see if the cards, <laughs> I'll use my tarot, and I'll do the same pull. Okay, okay. Yeah? Yeah, do it. Okay. Do it. Are you doing it for me or for you? Who do you want it to done for? I can put it for you. Okay, do it. Okay. Because I hate myself, and I want to get beat up twice in one day oh. by a deck of cards. There it is. Oh, how many cards did you just have fly out at you? Four. So I'm going to use all four. Five. How many were facing upright? All of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's just do this. Quite a few actually fell out. So obviously it's within here is the answer in my feeling. Actually, I think there's too many. I think that was just my fuck up. So let's just. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's not read into things that aren't there, Felicia. That one just jumped though. All right. So, we had the first one jump out, second and third. So I don't... Why do I feel like it does not bode well for me? <laughs> well, it's not it's not great. <laughs> I uh, don't work with my tarot deck nearly as much as Holly does. So I, uh, I have to resort to reading my book. Thank you for waiting. I am nothing but patience. It's true. You really are. Okay, so the first one that popped up for us was the knight of swords in reverse oh so what's bringing you guys together so the knight of swords is he's like the fastest in my deck so my deck is more about like nature spirit so he has great speed and moves with dynamic action he has the mental prowess to get the job done the message contained here is that there is no obstacle too great to overcome so this is what's pulling you guys together is the fact that you guys are showing an unrivaled determination. Um, he travels the path of truth and cuts to the heart of all matters. And the knight advises us to meet challenges head on and take action. Fear and indecision and hesitation have no place in the message presented to us by the Knight of Swords. <laughs> Wild. Okay, so what's bringing you guys together is that. It's in reverse? No, sorry, it was not in reverse. Upright. Oh, upright. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
or no, was it? No, it was reverse. So the opposite of that. So maybe what's bringing you guys together is the fear of all of that. Oh my god. The indecision, not moving, letting things fester and bother you. <laughs> so maybe that's the connecting piece between you guys right now. Is that uh, you're both unsure of how to go for it. It's almost like the same meaning as the five of swords. Right yeah, basically. And then the second card of what's tearing you guys apart is the fool. <laughs> so it represents, as we know, we've talked about the fool quite often, nothingness. It represents the unknown life force, um, has no beginning and no end. It's in the form of a circle. The fool represents the alpha and the omega, the eternity of life that exists within our past and future. So again, we've talked about the fool quite often. Right. In terms of telling us that we need to take action and we can't just keep doing the same thing and we need to yeah. embark on a new journey and we can't stay in one place for all too long. <laughs> so that's in the second position. And to end, we have the four of wands Okay, in the upright. So in my deck, I'll show you what they look like. In my deck, they're like oh, yeah. staffs planted into the ground so okay this one here says the living staffs of the four wands are planted like pillars they represent a gateway or a passage through which we are invited to step this card bids us to acknowledge the flowering of our creativity into manifested form deepening our inner work has allowed ideas to form and for dreams and desires to be finally realized it's time to celebrate and work towards having our dreams and ambitions come to fruition so that's what needs work. So I feel like the exact same message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right? there you go. The universe has spoken, Holly. It's now your job to go out there and get it done. Yeah. I got beat up by a deck of cards today. Twice. It's okay. It's all, it's all good energy. Here's the thing. Sometimes the cards can just provide clarity. And I feel like we started this whole podcast uh, recording session here having a really good conversation in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and asking questions to the universe and it has answered. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, great. Fucking men. <laughs> fucking men. Yeah, can be difficult. Mm. Okay. So, enough of uh, beating Holly up. <laughs> Let's jump into the second part of our Familiars episodes. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right. So, last episode, Holly went in and told us all of the wonderful history and uh, how kind of what we classify as like medieval or 17th century. France and Britain looked at familiars. Mm -hmm. We also talked about how they are shown in pop culture nowadays and kind of keeping on with the trend of modernizing familiars and what that looks like in today's world. That's kind of where this episode's leading us to. Yes. And just a refresher for everyone. Um, the reason why we have done two parts, one by me, one by Felicia, is because... Um, we accidentally chose to do the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of having to scrap all of our hard work and one of us having to write an entirely new episode, we came together like we always do to find a better solution and uh, decided to split it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good times. So far, it's worked swimmingly. So <laughs> yeah, so far, great. It's been excellent so far. <laughs> so let's dive into it. Last week, we learned that there are many different definitions of what a familiar is, uh, a minor demon or a low level demon or a spirit in animal form. And yeah. even as far as a humanoid being capable of shape shifting. Yes. Right. So Spooky. based on what I understand, I think the best definition is simply that a familiar is a magic user's spiritual helper manifested in animal form. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think there's any better definition for it than that. Uh, for many witches, a familiar will take on the appearance of a common household pet, and some have even reported that the same spirit will return in another household pet after its passing. So basically, really? yeah, so basically the familiar will move from the body of the elder pet, pet as it passes on into the younger pet oh. that's brought into the household thereafter. Speaking of familiars, Serena is all up in my fucking shit right now. Yeah, the whole, I don't know if you heard her, but the whole first episode, Gates just whined at the door. Uh-huh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I had to text Alex. I was like, can you can you get the dog, please? <laughs> <laughs> Look oh, at her. Man. She is so funny. Hi, Sabrina. 
Hey, don't chew my headphone, my headphone cord, please. Thank you. So these spirits do not always take the form of a pet, however. As you told us in your last episode, medieval texts describe some familiars as humanoid or even monstrous in appearance. But in all cases, these familiars were described as appearing as actual physical beings, right? Yeah. So yeah. in some cases, though, not everybody could see them, which is kind of mm -hmm. cool. Regardless of their appearance, though, one thing is universally understood about them. Their purpose is to help aid a witch in a multitude of ways. Yes. Yeah. So some examples of how familiars can aid witches is they can be similar to like domestic servants. So looking after the home or the hearth of a witch, they can be seen as protecting the witch's home from intrusion while they're away. So if a witch leaves to go do something, their familiar will stay behind and make sure that nobody comes in or touches anything they're not supposed to. Like um, like Cinderella's mice and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another example is they've been used as spies or messengers, right? So going and watching things and getting information uh, without people knowing. And then lastly, yeah. they've also just been seen as companions, providing companionship to a witch, right? As we know, there are some stories of witches living a very, very long time. And it's said that witches typically will keep their companion, their familiars as companions over their lengthy lives. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So although it seems like familiars are subservient to a witch, this is not a case. These relationships are an immensely strong bond and are nurtured between the two. It's built on mutual trust, respect, and a love for one another. Yeah. So now that we kind of done our synopsis of what we learned last week and a little bit of an introduction, let's focus on something new. Yeah. So this week, we're going to talk about how do you find a familiar? Ooh. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit of like historically... We're going to talk a little bit about how pagans or Wiccans have been told to find their familiars. And then what does modern look like? What does the mm -hmm. average the average Joe think about it? Okay. Yeah. So not everyone has, needs, or even wants a familiar. Let's start there. If you yeah. have an animal companion, such as a pet, like a cat or a dog, you can always try working and strengthening your psychic connection with that animal. So it doesn't have to be a familiar. It doesn't have to be any type of like spirit or anything like that. You can just build connections with, with animals in general. So mm -hmm. books such as Ted Andrews' Animal Speak contain some excellent pointers on how to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can always work on that. So if an animal, though, has appeared into your life unexpectedly, such as a stray cat that appears regularly, for instance, it's possible that it may have been drawn to you psychically. Hmm. However, be sure to rule out mundane reasons for its appearance first, right? So as we talk yeah. about all the time, let's be logical before we just jump into you know, automatically thinking that it's a sign or that a deity is trying to work with us or that a familiar is there. Or even like we talked about in our Fae episode, you know, before you just assume that the Fae are around, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, one time's coincidence, two times is, or three times is confirmation, something yes, like that. Yes, exactly, right? So first thing, if you're leaving food out, okay, and you mm -hmm. have local cats coming and eating it, the logical explanation is not a familiar. It's, it's that you're leaving food out for animals that don't have food. So they're going to keep yeah. coming back, okay? Do you um, have catnip planted in your yard? Like cats fucking love that shit. Correct, right? Same thing. If you see a sudden burst in bird life around you it could just be the season maybe the birds are migrating maybe the birds are coming mm -hmm. back right maybe mm -hmm. the ground is thawing making food more available for them it's just a reminder that not all animal visitors are magical sometimes they're just coming to visit yes exactly <laughs> right so if you'd like to draw a familiar to you however some traditions believe you can do this through meditation mm -hmm. find a quiet place to sit undisturbed and allow your mind to wander as you journey you may encounter various people or objects you can try focusing your intent on meeting an animal companion um so what you can do there are a few rituals that people use they typically go out into like an undisturbed area in the forest if you're trying to draw in any type of wildlife or anything that would live within an environment like that it's always said mm -hmm. to kind of go into the environment first and do your meditation so just keep that in mind about where you're meditating oh yeah in addition to familiars some people do magical work with what's called a power animal or a spirit animal. Um, mm. And a power animal is a spiritual guardian that some people believe are connected with you. Oh, so like 
uh, a wolf is my spirit animal. Correct. People. Yes. Cool. Correct. So you find like some kind of peace or solace or you see you see them all the time. It could just be like an animal type that's connected to you. That's like, yeah, a spirit animal. So those wouldn't be physical manifestations of that animal, but it would be more like through meditation, astral projection Mm -hmm. and working within, say, like more of a like astral realm. Yeah. That's where you would see them and work with them. So, um, however, much like other spiritual entities, there are no rules or guidelines that say that you must have one or how to ensure that you can work with one. Right? So, if you happen to connect with an animal entity while meditating or performing astral travel, then that may be your power animal. Or, again, it might just be curious about what you're up to. Use the rule of three always. You need confirmation. Just because you see it once doesn't mean it's what it is. Mm -hmm. So older and more primitive accounts of the first contact with familiars are pretty similar. Either the familiar first appears to the witch or the magic user while they're going about their daily business, or the familiar was gifted to them. Kind of how you told us in your last episode. So the familiar mm-hmm. always comes to the witch. That's like the big takeout on this is yeah. that they seek you out. You can kind of put your intention out there, but unless they come and they want to have that relationship with you, it's not going to happen. You can't yeah. force them to. Yeah. Um, while a witch may make a request of the universe or a spirit guide to send them a familiar, the familiar comes when it comes. And yeah. it's said that it's usually shortly after the first like contact, if that makes any sense. Oh, or okay usually shortly after or as part of like an initiation so sometimes it's said like once someone commits to learning the ways of magic Mm -hmm. your familiar will come shortly after that or it'll start to make its appearance once it believes that you're like wholeheartedly in it if that makes any sense yeah yeah so in some cases the acquisition of the familiar marks the beginning of a person's journey into magic Right? Perhaps a familiar appears to them in a time of need and offers their services to help the person overcome trouble. Uh, Some historical references suggest that actual conversations between the witch and their familiar have happened. So they're saying, like we talked about, like with Sabrina, where in the original she had the sassy cat that she talked to all the time. Though I fucking love them. Modern times and modern witches believe that these are usually described as like dreams or astral exchanges or trance like exchanges. So that it's not actually, you're not actually speaking with them physically, like in your physical form, but only ever happening in that like secondary realm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in this case, the physical familiar is said to show up on the material plane a short time after the dream or astral contact. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind of cool. So like if you have like spirit animal or spirit guide or you're familiar speaking to you during like meditation or a trance or astral projection, then like typically it's said that soon after something physical will start showing up for you. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Which would be fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you just like wild. dream about it first and then like see it. And re- Ooh. Yeah. so sometimes a familiar is gifted to a magic user upon their introduction to the magical arts after a magic user has firmly made their interest known or has Mm. begun their studies cool yeah so the gift may come from a teacher a mentor or a parent or even sometimes a spirit guide so or in the case of satan family member (laughs) a family member exactly yeah (laughs) right exactly in the case of satan right (laughs) satan the cat but typically most often a familiar comes from somebody who's already involved in magic in some way shape or form yeah yeah typically you're not going to get a a familiar from someone who it doesn't believe in any of it No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you also may ask your spirit guide or the universe in general to send a familiar helper or the familiar may simply show up on the doorstep unannounced. Hmm. Right. So the best way you can is just put your intention out there. If you are looking to work with familiars, put your intention out there and see what you receive. Mm -hmm. Right. So you just have to make your intention known. Yeah. Um, There are also many cases where familiars are inherited upon death, right? Like in the case of Satan or incapacitation of a fellow magic user. Yeah. So someone's not able to take care of them, right? So familiars are often passed down through families or covens, though. It's said that typically a coven will protect familiars and pass them within the coven, um, knowing that they'll be taken care of. 
No, exactly. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I just like picture like a bunch of witches with a all their familiars and they're like oh i'm going on vacation do you mind looking after tom (laughs) yeah right i can see that you know what i mean yeah which i think is just cool so the consensus among modern witches seems to be that a familiar comes when it's least expected and perhaps most needed oh Mm -hmm. there is nearly always something remarkable about their appearance and most people say they came out of nowhere and the event may be preceded or immediately followed by a dream message regarding the coming of the familiar. Whoa. Yeah. So cool. very interesting. Yeah. So how we even like work with familiars, like we've talked about in so many different ways, like even when deities try to contact you or, or are showing any type of interest. Yeah. It's always kind of these like really cool ways that they're contacting you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. So now that we know the ways in which we can contact them, what happens yeah. after we've made contact? Do we work with them? And how do we work with them? Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? <laughs> oh, she died. I know. <laughs> Immediately after I sang it, I was like, oh. So working with familiars, familiars are said to exist in both the spirit and the material world, such as they serve as a witch's gatekeeper between these two worlds, a messenger and a guide for said witch. Also, I just want to make a point when I say witch, it is not gender specific at all. I'm just using witch as a placeholder for magic user, practitioner, anybody who's involved in magic in any way yeah just as a heads up using which that way <laughs> um i feel like everyone knows that don't they fair enough i just uh I, I mean sometimes i think we've talked a lot we've talked heavily about women on this podcast and i just fair. had a you know i think sometimes which is synonymous with women or she yeah. or her or is more feminine versus fair say enough. like sorcerer or wizard or practitioner sometimes holds a bit more of a masculine or male connotation to it so just fair enough just want to put it out there that i'm using witch as a totally gender neutral term right now (laughs) i like it yes i like it (laughs) so um there are many ways for a familiar and a witch to work together towards a witch's aim one way a witch and a familiar have traditionally worked together is something called riding have you ever heard of this before riding yeah like clippity clop you think it might be clippity clop but it's not Spelled okay. like clippity clop. <laughs> so a witch in a trance state imprints her consciousness on the familiar creature, and the familiar allows this to happen. In this way, a witch can travel to places they might otherwise not be able to. They can fly, they can climb, and they can dig, and they can watch and listen. So they're riding alongside their familiar subconsciously. Basically. Like- so it's like putting their subconscious within the creature and then basically experiencing and watching and listening through their perspective god damn that's cool so fucking cool i was like dude what (laughs) you could do that that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) so a witch may send a familiar to complete a task for them on either the physical or the astral plane and because Mm -hmm. familiars are both physical and astral creatures they can take action within both realms as well oh right so Again, like we've heard lots of accounts of having, you know, witches send their uh, familiars within a dream. So that would be more Mm -hmm. on the astral plane, right? We've heard of them showing up physically and biting someone, right? So it's kind of playing on both of those ideas of being like unsafe from a familiar no matter where you are. Ooh, (laughs) can't get you everywhere. Exactly. So another way that they work together is a familiar can be like a guard to a witch during their magical work. So it can guard them while they are in a trance or being or riding, right? And protect their physical body. They can also alert them to the presence of of spiritual beings and help drive away spirits that may be harmful to the witch. Oh, yeah. Serena's definitely seen ghosts. Oh, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that we we've always known we've always said that animals are so much more susceptible to the immaterial plane 
than we are. Yeah. Right? So it makes sense. Also, a familiar can help minimize the effects of spell work on a witch. So sometimes, for example, a witch may draw certain energies into themselves, which may be immensely overwhelming. A familiar can help absorb some of these energies to kind of, quote unquote, take the edge off while still keeping them available for the witch to tap into when needed. Yeah. Right? Which I thought was kind of cool. So like if you're doing spell work and you're, say, using elemental magic and you're pulling in the element of earth, right? Mm -hmm. Your familiar can help take some of the burden of that spell work off of you. Yeah. Which I thought was so cool. So while familiars offer us a vast array of magical aid, it's important to remember that they too are physical beings in, in need of care. The same way a familiar will protect the witch they are bonded with, The practitioner must do the same in return for the familiar. It's important to care for your familiar if you are lucky enough to have one. So now that we know how to work with them, let's look at the ways in which we can care for our familiars. Okay, tell me. Tell me more. I find it hilarious, just to interrupt for a second, I just find it hilarious that Serena's been all fucking all over me this episode. Yeah. Like, she's in my fucking face. Like, oh, you're talking familiars? Yeah. Oh, I... Speaking of the devil, hi. Hi. Hi, Satan. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> sweet little bean. So during the Middle Ages, witch hunters stripped suspects down and searched for what was known as a witch's teat, like you told yeah. us, right? <laughs> so which was, I believe you said it was like a mole or like an extra nipple. It was believed to be somewhere on the body of a witch. And yeah. her familiar or like their familiar would suckle from that teat. And was like sustained by it. Alternatively, as you mentioned before, some familiars were said to be fed by blood, right? Allowing their familiars to like good old gentle Tom who would gently drink the blood from the witch. Um, (laughs) However, these days and in modern times, most witches simply feed their familiars whatever physical food they need to keep their bodies healthy. Um, But you can also do some other things. You can burn a candle or some incense for the spirit periodically. Personally, I enjoy sitting and meditating with my dog, who I believe is most similar to what a familiar would be for me. Yeah. So I enjoy meditating with her just to like build the bond. But I also understand that some animals don't sit long enough to do that. Oh, Knox could never. No, yeah. I could I can put Gates into a state of a trance just by petting her a certain way. And well, you've seen it. You can lay <laughs> yeah. her on my lap and she'll pass out in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. So not Knox. That's my never. personally that's one of my favorite ways to what I would consider feed her soul. Mm-hmm. Or feed her spirit, both of our spirits, right? It's something that we do together and we use to strengthen our bond. So much like a mundane pet, a witch is familiar, however independent, still relies on their human for essential things like food, shelter, and protection. So let's look at some other ways that we can care for our familiars just outside of feeding them. So first is know them. You have to know them specifically. What are their personalities? What are they like? What do they not like? Not every familiar, even if they are the same animal, are going to be the same personality. No, exactly. Right? And then on top of that, you also need to know them as a species, right? No matter how enthusiastically your familiar approaches you, it's important to do your research. Um, It's important to know how to properly care for the animal, especially if it is a domestic pet that you're going Mm -hmm. to be doing this with. Um, If you feel drawn to that panther chameleon, for example, but have (laughs) no idea how to feed it, that's not going to work. (laughs) Or you think crickets are icky. Yeah. Exactly. It's not not going to work. So do you have the proper enclosure? Do you have enough space for this animal? Have you found the proper temperature and light settings if needed? Yeah. Do you have to have it around plants? Does it not have to be around plants? So even if this is a wild animal that you consider to be your familiar, it still requires some level of research. If you want to give a gift to your familiar, for example, or to your friendly neighborhood crow, no matter how good your intention is, the, the most important thing is that you, you cannot harm them. So mm-hmm. again, if you think a wildlife creature is your familiar or your spirit guide or a spirit animal in some way, shape or form, make sure you know about them so that when you are giving with good intention, you're not hurting them, right? Yeah. Look into the species you feel connected to 
and for extra caution, other local creatures that might encounter your offerings as you leave them. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. So just know what you're doing. Just like when, when leaving offerings for, for the fae, you don't want to leave anything that will harm the environment or harm anim- exactly, animals. Exactly, because it, it's seen like... Again, we're trying to connect with an element of nature here, right? The fae mm-hmm. are an element of nature. Animals are yeah. an element of nature. Spirit guides are all, these are all elements of nature and disrespecting nature in any way is not going to be a good offering, right? No, exactly. So second thing that we can do, we can allow them freedom, but you have to also mitigate risk. So often the animal that a witch connects with seems to be like exceptionally aware, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or almost human-like in their consciousness or even in their personalities. And joined with the depth of the connection between a witch and their familiar, it can almost seem like your familiar is a small person. But that doesn't mean that they should be left to their own devices. No. In the same way you wouldn't leave a toddler alone with things that can harm them. A literal small person. A literal small person. (laughs) Don't do it with a not literal small person. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Third thing that we can do, in the same way that we do this with people, we can do this with animals, but you have to respect boundaries. Mm -hmm. Don't pet your cat if they're laying with their ears laid back and hissing at you, right? Yeah. Um, And ultimately, you have to be responsible for the safety of the animals you adopt or bring home with you, as well as follow any laws and rules and regulations related to their care. Right. So it's always important to remember, you know, just as an example for during satanic panic, everybody thought black cats were evil or demonic. So there were people, awful people who were going to shelters and humane societies adopting black cats and killing them. Right. So it is so, so, so important to do right by these animals first and foremost. Because if you've accidentally mistaken something as your familiar and it's not a familiar and it is just a mundane pet, that pet is for life. <laughs> so yes. you are stuck <laughs> with them until they're gone. Yeah. Lastly, we're going to talk about using cautions in our practices. That's the last way we can take care of them. So we might find that our familiar wants to have their nose all up in your magic, literally, <laughs> but be diligent about making sure that any tools or ingredients you use around them are safe. Such yes. as making sure that anything you're using in spell jars or potions are not toxic. Any of your altar offerings or supplies are kept safe if they're if they are not good for your animals. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're out of reach and in secure places. For example, you can go to some of these higher quality witchcraft shops and they sell a variety of products that can help keep your familiar safe. Altar boxes can yeah. secure herbs. You can keep crystals away from cold, wet noses. <laughs> Or you can have pre-prepared spell bottles that you can st- save the se- the steps of assembling on your own and possibly leaving the ingredients around, oh, yeah. right? So just yeah. leaving less opportunity for your animal friend to come into contact with anything that might be detrimental to them. Exactly. This also yeah. goes back to, we talk a lot about green magic and plants and stuff, or I do <laughs> on this podcast quite often. And it is like, In the same way, it's important for us to know what we're allowed to ingest and what we can ingest. It's also important to know what can harm or kill our animals, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with all of that said, there is no rule that we as magic folk need to have a familiar. But for those who do find a special animal companion, the responsibility of keeping them safe and happy in the magical and mundane is paramount. Mm -hmm. From a dog harness to proper food to safe supplies for your altar and offerings, being prepared and aware will always help to ensure that your familiar is by your side for as long of a life as possible. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. that. Like, I will not bring lilies into my house or my yard. I love lilies. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. But the pollen from a lily can like kill a cat. Immediately. Like right away. Like it shuts down their kidneys and they're dead within like 12 hours. It's insane. So You'll never have lilies around your home. Yeah. I will never have lilies around my home. My neighbor has a bunch of feral cats that they take care Mm -hmm. of, whatever. And I would hate to be... The reason. The reason one of them died. Yeah, of course. Because I wanted lilies outside absolutely yeah you just have to understand how you affect the world around you yeah exactly it totally makes sense so this is kind of like the end of the information portion of the episode and i'll i want to leave you just with a quote from 
the Hood Witch owner and creative director, Brie Luna, and she says, Familiars are not just pets. They are our truest friends and confidants. confidants. Mm. They hear and see it all. They understand and know us better than we may even know ourselves. Aww. Which I just think could not be more true. So it, I agree. Yeah. Right? It's absolutely, you know, I'll tell a quick story here. But the day that I found my dog Gates, I truly believe was like divine intervention because we rescued her from the SPCA. And for months and months and months, I wanted a dog and I knew I was going to rescue and I knew I was going to go to the Humane Society. And I looked and looked, and my husband has never had a pet before. So our mm-hmm. dog together is his first pet, and he was quite uncomfortable around dogs. So I had to really sell him on the breed, and the breed of our dog is an Amstaff, which is also known as like a pit bull. And divine intervention, I'm telling you. So I looked and looked and looked at the Humane Society for months and months, and they did not have any pit bulls in. And I knew I really Mm -hmm. wanted to adopt a pit bull. And so I had a day off of work, and I was like, I'm just going to go to the Humane Society just to go and just be there, right? Make myself happy. And as I'm walking around... I went into all these rooms where you can go into, and the only door that was locked was my dog's door, Gates. Yeah. And I look in, and I see this sad, pitiful, emaciated little pit bull who just looked terrified and was sleeping Mm -hmm. on a sleeping bag in the middle of the floor. And I went over, and something just told me, like, I had seen some another couple go in there, and... She had like the dog had two rooms where she could go if she wasn't comfortable around people. And while this couple Mm -hmm. was in there, she spent the entire time like out on her little patio, didn't interact with them and they left her room. I asked, I was like, I want to go in there. I want to meet this dog. And they were like, you know, oh, you know, she's on this behavioral watch. You have to sign this waiver. I was like, I don't give a shit. I want to go in and see this dog. I'll sign whatever. Right. She bites me. She bites me. That's on me. Whatever. So I go in. And within like five minutes, I sat on the ground and within five minutes, that dog came in and curled up on my lap and went to sleep. <laughs> and I sat with her for probably half an hour yeah. petting her while she like slept in my lap. And one of the attendants at the Humane Society came in and told me that she had never seen Gates be that friendly with anybody before. Yeah. And not to get into too much, but Gates was a really serious neglect case and an animal Mm -hmm. abuse case so she did not come from a great situation and for her to even trust humans to begin with was something incredible after what she Mm -hmm. had been through and you know you can attest to this holly but who that dog was three years ago versus who she is today is an entirely different dog but i i honestly believe that gates picked me rather than me picking her yeah yeah totally so i think that's just like what i would consider my closest experience to a familiar yeah. yeah, because I am also convinced that she can 1000% understand me. Oh, yeah. 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 I talk to her all the time. <laughs> I am, um, you know, I've got, uh, I've had two black cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is very stereotypical witchiness. Um, <laughs> as you all know, my first cat, Ignacio, passed recently um, yeah. a few months ago. Oh, no. Yeah, here it comes again. See, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, yeah. Bubba passed a few months ago, but he lived a long, amazing life with Holly. Well, so, hmm, Jesus Christ. You can do it. I'm struggling. <laughs> you just have to remember him while he was still good. I know. I'm just a crybaby today, I guess. I don't know. So You're going through a him, lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day. Um, No, so when we got Ignacio, like, back to familiars being gifted as 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 gifts yep. right or being given to people yep um i was working at a hair salon i wasn't making much money whatever we lived in this apartment and mike was working nights mm-hmm. and i wanted a dog so bad yes you did and so bad um the apartments we were living in were like the high-rise apartments whatever and when we moved in there they allowed dogs and so the day comes we're gonna go down to the humane society and we're going to leave the humane society with a dog and before we do that i go to the like rental office yeah the office and i'm like hey just so you know we're getting a dog today we're gonna have to add that onto our rent and they're like no you're not and i was like i'm sorry what they're like oh we don't allow dogs in the high-rises anymore Oh my, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that's why you got Bubba. Yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, then I guess never mind. So we didn't get a dog. And then, but they're like, oh, we still allow cats. I'm like, okay, cool, (laughs) cats, whatever. (laughs) 
so um so i've never been a cat person yeah <laughs> no it's true you were a dog person through and through you had dogs yeah. growing up your whole life yeah, yeah. i never had a cat because my brother was allergic to cats yeah. right mike only had cats mm-hmm. so ignacio was not my familiar i i will say this right now ignacio was never my familiar but he definitely came to us in a way because I was working at the salon, whatever, and one of the one of my clients said, Well, you know, I have this cat and I can't keep him because he doesn't get along with my new dog. And okay. I was like Mike had mentioned maybe wanting a cat just because I was so alone in this apartment in this high rise and it's creepy and I was by myself. Yeah. And uh, having a companion makes that better. Yeah. Yep. Just having something there. Right. Yep. So. So I go to this lady's house, the stranger lady's house. <laughs> yeah. And I see this cat and I take a picture of this cat and I send it to Mike and Mike's like, yep. Oh. Love bring him it. home yep. he's ours <laughs> take him yeah yeah so i bring him home and i guess growing up the cats that my cat were tuxedo cats no way i didn't know that so when yeah. you saw ignacio you were like or when he saw ignacio he was like oh yeah done yeah bam bam there you go maybe he was mike's yeah. familiar that's where i was going with oh. this. yeah ignacio was definitely Never my familiar. Yeah. But he and Mike had a special bond for sure. It's true. They really did. They really did. He was, he, Ignacio was through and through Mike's cat. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Even when they were like sitting on the couch and he'd like snuggle up with Mike all the time. Like he didn't do that with other people. No. No. He didn't do that with me ever. No. That cat was fucking like eight years and he never snuggled with me. (laughs) However, when you got Serena, who was also like same scenario gifted to you or somebody wasn't capable of taking care of her and you i swear to god from the second you brought her into your house she was on you like white on rice and has not left you since (laughs) i think she knew i fought for her because because what happened is is mike's friend couldn't keep the cat and mike was like oh you know he wants to see if we want his cat and he's like and mike was like i don't think we should get another cat we shouldn't get another cat we already have one cat we're in an apartment too many cats Mm -hmm. and at the time, the Humane Society was full, and no one could take it, take this cat. And I was Aww. like, if we don't take this cat, she'll die. They'll put her down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to take her. We can't just let a cat die. Yeah. I had never met this cat before, and I fought. I never fought for an animal so hard in my fucking life. I don't. Right? Like, I had no idea what this cat even fucking looked like. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let alone what her personality type was, if she'd yeah. get along with Ignacio. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mike's friend didn't even have a name for her. They just called her the cat. <laughs> she was eight months old when we got her. Yeah. Um, And I named her Serena, which is, I don't know. I I originally wanted to name her Sheba because I was like, that feels wild. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Mike hated Sheba. And I <laughs> so Serena it is. So Serena was the compromise. <laughs> and um, yeah, the we had seen that ignacio hated dogs yeah. oh. with a passion like, before this his purpose in in his life was to hunt dogs, dogs. dogs. yeah hunt dogs down yeah. and the race of dogs <laughs> yeah like he hated dogs yeah. so much so we were like we don't know how he's gonna get along with another cat <laughs> so Hopefully we had this, this whole storage better. area set up like we basically cleared out our big storage closet it was like uh i want to say it was like maybe six by four feet yeah, something like that and um we cleared it out and we put the ignacio's cat tree in there and then she came with a few things as well some toys and a bed from her old house and stuff yep. and we had her in this closet and our friend dropped her off whatever and i gave her a little bit to like chill out yep. you know cats are typically you know scaredy cats yeah and i like i went in there to like see how she was doing and how she was like acclimating and everything yeah and like the first thing she did was fucking leap off the floor oh. like because i put my hand out to sniff right yep. she like leaped off the floor and took her head and just fucking poof, like headbutt in <laughs> my hand like fuck yeah, yeah. pet yeah. me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which she still does to this day yes. yeah 
and i was like i'd never seen that before from a cat like she, like she would full-on like go hind legs and like yeah bitch yeah pet me <laughs> like there was crazy shit serena could do when she was little like when she was oh, yeah. really young remember she used to do like backflips in your living room oh, yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah backflips were awesome yeah so anyways yeah she is my cat she sleeps around curled up around my head at night and yeah comes running when i call her and uh yeah, yeah she also just know. hangs out on your shoulders which i've never yeah. seen a cat do <laughs> yeah yep yeah she's absolutely my kitty and uh if if there were ever were a familiar in my house it would be her yeah i that's how i feel about gates if there's ever gonna be a familiar yeah. i grew up with dogs my whole life yeah. my whole life i've had dogs my family's had dogs i've grown up around dogs i have never felt the connection i feel with gates with any of them ever and and yeah. you know you and i used to walk my uncle's dog like twice a week we spent so much time yeah. with him and even then i didn't feel you know the dogs the dog i had growing up we had her for 20 years i spent most of my life with that dog yeah don't feel the same way no exactly no so, so. same thing if there's ever going to be a familiar or some kind of spirit guide or well you know guardian angel or something manifested into a physical being it's that dog right there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, exactly how I feel about Serena. I think we should. Knox is not a familiar. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. Knox mm -mm. is just chaotic magic in physical form. Yeah. Chaos yeah, magic in physical form. <laughs> he's just chaos in general. Yeah. yeah. We should, uh, this <laughs> with this episode, we should, um, we'll post some pictures of our, our pets. Our furry familiars. Our furry familiars, <laughs> exactly. We'll post some photos up of our furry familiars for you guys to see. But you guys can also Absolutely. share your furry familiars with us. Oh, yeah. Tag us. Yeah. Post that shit on your Instagram and stuff. And, and tag, tag us. us in it. We want to see your familiars. Tell us a story. Yeah. Tell us how you got your familiar. Yeah. I would love. Yeah. Maybe that could be our next episode instead or ne le next listener episode. Instead of spooky stories, yes. we can tell stories about how each of you guys got your familiars or your animal companions or your spirit guides or your animal um, spiritual animals i guess you could call <laughs> yeah spirit animals yeah 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 that'd be great well thanks for joining us for another episode as usual you can add us on all of our socials you know them by now if not go back to some earlier episodes <laughs> They're in there. just just search what up witches yeah, just search you'll what find up witches. it They're, it's around some of them have podcasts some of them have pods some of them are just what up witches but it's all what up witches exactly at the, at the end of the day <laughs> exactly <laughs> and tag us in your familiar posts and tell their story when you take us. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I would love that I would love so it. much. So much. That would be so cool if we could get some people to do that. So call yes. to action, people. This is what they call it in the world of uh, <laughs> business. A call to action. A marketing mogul, marketing. if you will. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the flip side. Stay spooky. Bye. Love it.